0: All right, cool. So, uh, hey everybody, this is DDC Coffee Shop. I legitimately do have my coffee. Uh, I made some espresso before they started. Yeah, I, I actually have some too. <laughs> 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 well, I really appreciate this. I, I was thinking this could be fun. I think we're all talking on Twitter. We're all having fun. We're all doing certain things, but we don't necessarily get to actually chop it up and have conversations. And like Dylan and I met years ago at a conference and it's funny, I think. Uh, well, I've told this story all the time, but maybe Dylan, you can tell the story. But like, we were sitting at a table with a guy doing mind models, and then, well, I'll let you tell the story. Just basically how that started. So we were at it was ManyChat 2016, or I don't fucking know. It was it was, it was yeah. some crazy. It was it was the inaugural ManyChat conference.
1: Yeah, it was, it was it was fun. But yeah, you know, I, I, we came across each other. As, I mean you were wearing your signature don't be an asshole shirt so of course the first thing i was like i wonder if this guy is an asshole and then i started recognizing you because you had those facebook tips and sexy hacks it was something like those on like facebook ad buyer groups and shit and i was like man i feel like i know you from somewhere so we hit it off of course but we had this guy sitting at the same table and i thought he was a psychic i i may be completely wrong but um yeah and then i was like is this guy legit and
0: I think you were really into it. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. And then what I remember at one point in time I flipped my hair and you were like, you're that guy. Cause like my Facebook profile of this video where I was just like Yeah. And it was like a nineties sitcom intro when I was wearing a ladies' ski like outfit, like a onesie. And it was it was awesome. And uh, it's funny, I met Rabba, I think, at that same conference. Really? Because you all knew me because I was bound the Facebook groups. I was going yeah. before, you know, at that time, Cat Howell and Tim Bird and all those people hadn't kicked me out of the groups yet. <laughs> and what I was doing is I was just spamming all the groups with, with like tips, just like, here's what you should be doing. I'm They're spending dollars a day. Pretty this good, is what yeah. you should do. And then like, it was really bad for people's business. And then like, moderators are coming and be like, you can't promote yourself. I'm like, I have nothing to promote. I legitimately <laughs> had nothing. And then between people like Dylan and Rob and the rest of them, who's now Raba is the CMO of Triple Whale. So Mazel top to him. Uh, they were like, well, you should just make your own group. So I ended up doing that. And that's now got 12,000 people. And then I got hooked into making my own Patreon. And now that's, you know, got Slack members and all sorts of fun stuff. So Brent, how did you come across all of this stuff, my man? Like D- Dylan and I are just shopping up like old buddies, but you have come yeah, up under the scene and you've got, I got to say, the haircut looks good. I think your kids are happy with it, but Jesus, you had like the 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 sass Jesus yeah. thing going on. It was beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was social media Jesus for a while. Uh, but then the the five year old wanted to cut his hair, and <laughs> then he got like cold feet, and and I was like, okay, dad'll go first. So now uh, I look like this. Uh, <laughs> give me give me a year. I'll be back to where you are. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, I just um, – oh, God, a little bit about me. You guys, like, know – like, I didn't realize that you knew each other as well as yeah, you did. Like,
0: yeah, we met, like, it's five years ago. And
2: I'm like, we started following each, on, each other on Twitter, like, two weeks ago.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this a beautiful be thing. You know, that's yeah. the thing. Is it's a fellowship, right? I mean, I would say it's a brotherhood, but there's a lot of really strong women, so I'll use the term fellowship, like – yeah, people here. We all know each other. It's an extremely small world, you know. Even though we're all over the, I don't know where you are, Dylan. You're in Austin. Congratulations on on your papers, by the way, on the house. I just bought a house here in LA. Where are you at, Brent? Uh, I'm in Toronto. Oh, Ooh. bonjour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Not that out. Not Montreal. Yeah, I mean, uh, close. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, yeah, so. I just joined Shoelace, which is like a D2C agency. Um, the, I'm, I'm on week six. Uh, before that, I ran the performance marketing team for social media at, at Shopify for the last three and a bit years. So, I mean, we were talking about this before we started, but like you're not being super public about what your strategy is when you're at a publicly traded company that has competitors like amazon so it's not like i was mixing it up uh that often because you can't exactly be like yep here's exactly how i'm running and this is my exact strategy let me share it with everybody um so so now i get to do that uh because because i'm because i'm not i'm not there anymore and the, the strategy has probably changed um So, I just joined Shoelace. It made the most sense. We do like Facebook and Google and email ads and like basically growth marketing for D2C brands, mostly Shopify. So, it's kind of in my wheelhouse.
0: That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, little known brand. Look out for it. Shopify. You might hear about it one day. (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) I was there. I was there for about five years. Like, I did their organic social, organic social, and and then moved to like the growth side. Which was kind of interesting because when I started in growth, the guy that was supposed to like teach me quit, and they just handed me like a multi-million dollar a year budget, and they were like, "I was like, who guy? Who are you guys gonna hire to like replace this person?" And they were like, "No, no, it's you." And I was like, no,
0: <laughs> "Shit!" <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's that's awesome. So, yeah. Man. Yeah, that's, it was good time. That's really I think, you know, we've all had its spots like Dylan used to work at Facebook, too. I, I think I'm the only one that was never like an in-house vendor. Like I've worked at FMPs. I was at Hyphen for a long time. I was a senior by my long time. The longest job I've ever had was almost two years. I tend to get fired a lot. Um, well, <laughs> not fired. I just apparently do way too many things that people frown upon, like specifically at agencies. I have this terrible thing where I put client needs first. Which is bad for business. Uh, <laughs> and what I mean by that is, I'll give I'll give a quick example. Uh, I was running CBS Television. We had a seven figure daily budget. Um, which, by the way, I went from doing sales of tickets at Comic Con for Jay and Silent Bob and getting my friends in like circle jerks and bad and body count like in, uh, verified on Instagram. I threw my band in there too, so we got verified. Also back in the day, uh, I went from spending like 100, 200 bucks a day to. Uh, going to a job interview and becoming a C, uh, supervisor at Omnicom Performance Media uh, Resolution, Resolution Media, managing CBS, Nissan, working with the Levi's and the Activision team. And I had never sent a corporate email. I legit like went to H&M and bought a suit for the interview. And it's like, I don't know if you've ever been a defendant but I went with the same mentality, right? Like I went to court with like my older brother's suit is basically the way I looked. Like, hey, look, I got the gig. So Mazel well Tov them. But yeah, I had, yeah, same kind of thing. Just like, uh, okay, great. Here's a couple million dollars. Go have fun. Uh, but yeah. I did the thing where what they would do is they would say, okay, great. You're giving us a million dollars to promote. Like I did the launch of Schitt's Creek, for instance, right? Or uh, I, one the biggest one that was in the controversy was um, the late show with, with Stephen Colbert. Right, so when he took over the show and they gave us a million dollar a day budget. And so we were supposed what to do this. No, what are you, sorry, okay, I. I yeah. like what are you, cause I've run brand
2: campaigns, right? And sure. it just feels so like icky and weird cause you're just oh, yeah. like, yeah, we're gonna optimize this towards like video views, like to oh, that, do what? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like at least platform. like get an email
0: or something oh, yeah, no, no, like I just. Like, so here's what we did is we had the launch video, right? The 30 the second like TV spot, and the 15 second TV spot. So what you're supposed yep. to do, what your job was supposed to be, which nobody told me, and I couldn't ask anybody because I was managing people who had did the right thing. Like they went to high school, they got good grades, they went to college, they got a job, they were like responsible members of society. And I had been in the business for like two years and I was working for 10 bucks an hour nine months ago. So like I had no clue what I was doing. Um, uh, fun facts. Uh, but what you're supposed to do is you launch, you go to Facebook and you say, I want a reach in frequency campaign. I'm gonna reach this many people at this frequency, here's a million dollars. Now, what the thing is, what they do, is you get a commission on that ad spend, 20% commission, by the way, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. Omnicom come after me, uh, fine, uh, that contract is way older. The person that hired me at Omnicom doesn't work there anymore. The person that worked to CBS, doesn't work anymore. The CMOs have a life cycle of what, two years, max? Two, uh, so yeah, like, fuck, maybe three. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe,
2: maybe. If you're uh, really good, if you're really good,
0: three. Better. no, if you're really good, you get hired by somebody else to pay you more. That's where you get your promotions. Uh, And so basically what happened is what I did, because I didn't know any better, was I would say, great. Well, Facebook says it's going to be a $3 CPM. Cool. $3 CPM on a video (sighs) view campaign. Now, mind you, I came from – I was doing organic social as well. Um, And so what I did was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that, f- that million dollars. I'm going to chop it in half. 500 grand in an engagement campaign, 500 grand in a video view campaign. Now, I don't have enough money to get the reach and frequency anymore because my budget's not high enough. So, Facebook said my CPM is $4. Great. I'm going to manual bid for impressions and a CPM at $3. Well, what happened is they quoted me a $4 CPM at like 85% market share at a three frequency or something like that, right? I had a four and a half, but I can only spend $800 because Facebook stops delivering. Now, that sounds great, right? I've reached 87% of people four times. Here's the problem. I just cost the company $40,000 in commission, and CBS doesn't give a shit. So we got less budget on the next campaign from CBS, and I just cost more than half of my annual salary in a day. I did that four times in one week. They frowned upon me because I over-delivered for the client. Basically, I almost got fired because I did a really good job. And I didn't That's realize really my. Yeah, so my objective was to spend the client's money and then make the person that hired me look good to their boss and then ask them for more money later. And mind you, this was after we had started that account with like Wheel of Fortune one to give us 50 grand for Sweep Sweep. And I had gotten it up to, great, May Sweeps Week, awesome. By show launch in that fall, we got million-dollar-a-day campaigns because I was just crushing left, right, and center. By the way, what I also did was I built a case study off of the video views versus engagement campaigns, and I CC'd everybody in, at Resolution Media and everybody at Facebook um, because we were working with folks and because I didn't know how to even run a reach and frequency, and I was kind of antisocial or whatever at the company because everybody else was nice and did all the proper things, and I was just this – guy running like cowboy boots and jeans and like band t-shirts rolling in managing million dollar a day teams just like some ridiculously full of himself creative director and uh so they just put me in touch with all the people inside of facebook so like well maybe the guys at facebook can just teach him. so i got to know the engineering team the product team the reps team all those folks because they were the ones that basically Omnicom was like can you just train this guy because we made a bad hire and we need him to be able to do the job functionally so i cc all of resolution media and all the people at facebook And I basically determined you get a 35% lift on on earned reach by an engagement campaign at a lower CPM because you're getting a better estimated action rate. So I was getting a better unit economics by doing engagement campaigns instead of video view campaigns where the objective was video views and market share. I crushed because I got 35% lift on views and reach because I was getting earned reach on top of it. So because the engagement campaign inspired likes and comments, my CPMs came down. And because I was getting shares, I also got like you know, 5,000, 10,000, million shares, whatever, right? So the reach of that campaign was massively better. So I typed that up in a nice little blah, 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 like a college paper, sent it out to everybody. Um, I did it at the end of the week after I had run that across Code Black, Supergirl, uh, the launch of Shit's Creek uh, Season 2, and uh, that that the, the Stephen Colbert thing. And uh, so I basically gave out company secrets to both Facebook and all of the people. I ran case studies without any permission. I wrote up a bunch of scientific studies and cost the company like nearly $400,000 in commissions. Um, and basically CBS was like, holy shit, this is great. And we're not going to give this money next time because you're doing really good. And I get a 90-day plan from my employer because apparently I'm an okay. But what's the K- okay, but going back, like what's the
2: KPI? And we should probably talk about things that actually matter to the overall team, not like how to spend on Shits Creek launches. Uh but yeah, like what, what I never
0: get the entire first episode of the second season. That was the ad.
2: Like, but what so what's the KPI how. though? Is it just like is it just like you got this many video views, or
0: don't yeah, they yeah, like the KPI, I always was, tr- the KPI was share of voice and frequency?
2: Yeah.
0: I, yeah. Yeah. So when I say I spent a million dollars a day, like also I did that with like Activision and Levi's and Nissan. Yeah. Like all of those things where I was more directly driven, right? Like I did the the lead gen ad unit. Like I brought that to market. Yeah. Test drives for yeah. Nissan Sentra and stuff.
2: That stuff it makes sense to me. I just always try stru- and I come from like being like the organic brand guy. Like I was that guy for a really long time before I got. And now all I can think of is like, well, how does this impact like bottom line? Like, where do you see the return on that? And how do you, and like, yeah, you can go out and do a bunch of like, let's survey some people and like, let's ask them if they are aware of this brand afterwards. But in my mind, it's just
0: like, here's the BI you get, because you have a great question. And this is also one of the things that is still happening. And I'll tail this into something that you should never do that I've been railing against for years from personal knowledge on why it's a terrible fucking idea. What we would do is it wasn't broad. We would do demographic and interest targeting, and what that did was we could then tell CBS these are the these are the advertisers you should go to to sell your commercial space to. So it cost them one million dollars to do validation Mm. to sell seven million commercial time on their show. So they seven X that million dollars. Now, if you're reading between the lines, what you're seeing is there's a bunch of assholes like me dropping a million dollars a day against that interest group that you think is gonna be the secret to your success. I'm yeah. destroying your CPM and you're never gonna be able to compete and I don't even give a fuck about making money. Yeah. Like, just flat oh, out. There are tons of those. Yeah. I mean, and but one of my- I like to use the example, you ever see Gangs in New York, the movie? Yeah. Remember, okay, so there's a scene in Gangs in New York where the gangs were all fighting in, like, the corner to get, like, control, and then the Navy's just in the bay, and they just, like, use cannons and decimate the entire block. I'm the fucking Navy. Yeah. You're the guy with a knife in your hand. You're going <laughs> to every time.
1: I'm the one over here targeting love and sex and shit, and then all of a sudden, my CPMs go through the roof, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 sorry. Uh, I need to know who's to buy advertising on the next run of Real Housewives of Atlanta, so fuck you. Your CPMs just went for $35. (laughs) Real Housewives. (laughs) I did do a lot of product.
1: It's funny because, I mean, I've never really done any kind of these branding-type campaigns. I mean, everything's been pretty performance-oriented to where it's like, hey, we either want leads or sales. It's like I've never really, I've never even done at least, campaigns, to be honest. yeah, like at least they
2: lead to it, right? Even if you're sure. running like a video view campaign, you're doing it to get like 10 second video views and then retargeting them down the line, right? Sure. Like that makes sense to me for them to actually take an action. I mean, the the hardest part for me was always like, how do you measure brand And yeah. and like how, and like it matters, like you can't say brand doesn't matter. But I mean, what the CMO, Craig Miller, who was the CMO and then the CPO at Shopify always used to say, like, brand is what happens when people don't click. And mm. I like love that line because it means that you can go out and I mean, lots of people didn't love that line either, especially if you're on the brand team. But <laughs> but like what <laughs> what, <laughs> what what that means is like you can still go out and run conversion campaigns that that can also increase your your brand awareness, right? Like it can, no. you can increase your mind share while increasing your like bottom line revenue.
0: Well, I can tell you um, a, a case study that I did with, a uh, uh, to be named later, uh, coffee brand out of the Pacific Northwest that was doing some Bluetooth integration data logics testing with Facebook. And what we did was we did afternoon reach campaigns and Corporate centers, and then notice you saw this ad on your device, and then you Bluetooth geolocent inside of a location of a store, and then your credit card got charged. And what is the lift of me doing that in your mm. market? And yeah, yeah. 100% could point to, oh, we do this. And then we did the same thing for pizza chains that may or may not be uh, promoted by one of my favorite characters from The Office. We did that a lot with them. and. Um, I, at the same time, I was also running a completely different company with this. Uh, well, anyway, I had a lot of conflict of interest com- accounts. But, but, <laughs> a <lot. laughs> uh, Yeah, but okay. So not completely shocked. I do have a question that I want to ask that's not even, that not even ads related. Yeah, there is a lot of good facial hair going on here. A Facebook user just commented that. I don't know if you guys can see the comment section, but I appreciate Oh, that. no, I should, I should open yeah, that it's the only happens. one person so far, but it's good. <laughs> This is how I run my lives, by the way. If you ever see me doing a live video, this is how I run it. And I'm live in like three places. I gotta figure it out. By the way, I'm <laughs> I like to go live on Instagram so I can be in four places at once. And I don't want to put my phone like right here underneath the fucking thing. Uh, I wouldn't have to stack like eight dictionaries up to just put the phone right in front. Of, like I gotta up my game. We'll see. Um. So yeah, two things. One. So Brent, one thing for some background: Dylan and I happen to be in this direct-to-consumer fantasy football league. With uh, several other people. Now, here's the fun thing, and what I'm going to get to is I'm going to throw this to you for a second. Dylan and I got in this fantasy football league. Where I was like, "Hey, let's do this. Throw a hundred bucks, or whatever." And I think Dylan had the idea. It was I don't know if it was you, Dylan, somebody, but somebody's like, "Let's throw this all into a shit coin." Was Dylan's idea? So what yeah. we ended up doing was we threw it all into shit. Now, do you follow crypto at all? Yeah. So we yeah. did this, and our eight hundred dollars, I think, is. Dylan, are you the banker in this league? What is it? Yeah, I
1: bought a lot more though too. Uh, You diluted our shares. So, but yeah, I mean, I think so. Yesterday, ours was sitting at eight thousand three hundred, and right now it's probably at seventy-four to seventy-five hundred from that eight hundred (laughs) dollars. So
2: now it's now it's like real.
0: Like you're, oh yeah, like you it's weird to take all
1: too. There's no I fucking yeah. shit on, dude. Like I'm about to purge this whole fucking team. For
0: the record, Dylan, I did make you an offer last night. Two players for one. It's worth a shot. Do you do, you, do, you do you do the fantasy football stuff, Brent?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a good Canadian boy, and I do fantasy hockey from time to time. Oh, hey, there you there go. We go,
0: Canadian boy move of you. Absolutely. Oh, I gotta show even you something. Dylan serious. does a lot of hockey. Wait a minute, wait a minute, we just lost him for a second. Oh, it was going to be a flash. Yeah, I think I was, like,
2: I was, like, reading that in your, like, Twitter bio, right? Yeah, uh, I got this whole thing from the 1980 Lake Placid signed by the
1: whole USA team and shit. That's dope. I'm a hockey junkie, dude.
0: Yeah, you're a goalie, right? What's up? I think Dylan's a goalie, we can see, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a goalie.
1: I got, like, I got like six or seven sets of goalie pads and shit, dude. I'm a, I'm a goalie gear whore.
2: There you go. Brent, you ever play some hockey? That's, I feel like yeah, that's a- Yeah, you a, have I, to. It's it's a, a th- they won't <laughs> give you a passport if you don't. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's like, like, in Israel, you have to join the army. And in, in Canada, like, well, the reason I didn't ask is because you have all your teeth, so I might be thinking that you're lying. Like Right, yeah, I know, I yeah, know. They have good dental work in Canada. They have free healthcare. So, like, why wouldn't yeah. you <laughs> have a good girl?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually oh, 65 man. years old. You guys just can't, you can't tell. Our healthcare is <laughs> like that uh, good. Yeah, it's, it's that good. good.
0: Yeah, it's good. The taxes suck, but dude, look at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look absolutely. At- I love it. I love it. So yeah, so yeah, this thing's worth like almost eight grand now. I love it. Like, uh, so fun fact: I am Sam Thompson. I think was Jet Fuel. Is that his thing? Is that what it's called? I forget his brand name. He's got a bunch of projects going on. Anyway, he's ruling the league. Uh, he's he's six and one.
1: I don't even I'm, think he's
0: doing anything. Too, if I'm being honest, no, he's not. <laughs> he drafted well, and he hasn't done much at all. Dylan is one and six. So Brent, as as a fantasy hockey guy, and there's only what seventeen weeks, yeah, yeah. Weeks, yeah. So things Short aren't looking season. good for you, Dylan. I did. Oh, I'll
1: find a look way, look. way to get a good ROI out of this. I'll find some way. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Let me. I will do this, and then we'll move on. I'm gonna read out the trade, and if anybody's watching, we can see if they like the idea of this trade or not. Let's see. All right, so it's, it's called D 2 C Shitcoin Battle Royale is the name of the is the name of the league. Now I made Dylan a trade offer of uh, let's see Jerry Judy and Antonio Gibson yep. for Dalvin Cook. Now that's a wide receiver one and a running back one for uh, a, a, an even better running back one. But you can hold on to your champion Dylan and just keep losing, or you can diversify a little bit. Oh, I love it. Let's see. Dylan just posted. Uh, I might end up buying more. Okay, good. good. I mean, Jerry,
1: he's on freaking IR, so he's
0: out of the question. Who? Judy? Judy, yeah. Uh... He's on IR. He's coming back this week. Like, he's he's got like 14 projected points this week. He's in my lineup. Antonio Gibson's had. He's questionable. And he has some rough weeks, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. If you're a really good player and keep losing, with like, I got a champion, and I'm going to lose all the time that's fine one of those things man i'm just i'm just offering you an opportunity to win some games buddy (laughs) all right well anyway with all that stuff some of the things i wanted to get to like we've been talking about a lot of things on the internet about stuff and maybe we can get into some of this stuff you know i I, i'd be interested between you guys i mean i do hot takes and stuff like that all the time people kind of know that like Uh, where my hot takes are because i'm annoying about just repeating them over and over again but i'm super curious just like what is working for you guys what do you think is something that if you had to say was a hot take or an atypical situation something that you guys believe in that we don't necessarily have to get into like a debate over but just like something that you're willing to die on that hill all right i'll start
1: I'm an absent-budget yeah. guy, dude. I really am. Uh, oh,
2: what? I am. I, no, this isn't going to go well for you. I don't oh. care.
1: I am, 100%. <laughs> and I also love interest-based audiences. Like, for three of the accounts that are spending 300k plus a month, I've got to have six to eight interests running. And maybe two or three okay. lookalikes. And we don't even have broad going. Well, for our holiday theme shit we do, But for our main control kind of campaigns, I did get that from you, Charlie. Those are, you know, pretty stacked with probably six to nine ad sets on average, but all ABO because I have some at eight hundred bucks a day and some at three k a day. See,
2: like, all right, here's my like. I know that Charlie's gonna get into his oh, yeah, like exactly. broadest the they only
0: fucking way. The entire world here's, knows my position because I taught Facebook what their position should be. So like, we're good.
2: <laughs> okay, but here's my thing about like ABO because I was looking at a setup that we have with with uh, one of our clients this morning that is like pure ABO where like, it just seems like so much management to me. Like the amount of time that you have to put in just to manage it and like to keep on top. And like when I, when I even when I took over at Shopify that's how they were set up and I went CBO and everything like our costs immediately dropped, right? Just because there's so much tinkering especially when you like scale your budgets up, right? Like if you have ad sets that you're running at like $200 a day, but you're spending like 8,000, then, then like that to me, I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I'd rather put like a min max in. Now you're not going to get an argument from me around like interest, lookalike retargeting video. Like, cause I think that you should run all of them. That's where Charlie's going to come in. That's why I'm like, I'm being the middle guy right now (laughs) before like Charlie goes off. Uh, But like, so I agree with that stuff. But for me, like the ABO side is just like so much management. And if you like miss a day, right? Like if you're not in there and paying attention and then like you don't transition, like I know that at least with CBO, it's going to transition if something goes sideways, right? Like if one of my events stops firing or like whatever it is, it's just going to transition the budget into a place. I mean, you're probably optimizing towards the same event. So it doesn't really matter. But like, I like having just one campaign setup like where i'm just like fuck it put it all in there put mins and maxes on it so that i can guarantee that spend will go towards those specific things because i have seen it go the other way too if you don't like at a at a high scale like 70 or 80k a day all of a sudden it will over index into like your video viewers and then your cpms go through the roof and then your overall costs go up too that's why i'm a fan of like mins and maxes where you're just like all right I'll put in like 30% of my budget max to go to broad because otherwise I know broad will spend a hundred percent. And then I won't see the return that that I'm looking for that I know I can get from my like lookalikes. Um, so, But ABO, I just, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right, it's so, it's, much more to work. it's so much
1: work. Yeah, it's more to manage, but I mean, I look at everything on rolling three to four days at the absolute minimum. So, I mean, we don't really, if we need to spend, you know, 5K more that day, I can make that happen but typically on the optimization side i'll give it three or four days to kind of because we yeah. do have days that are just super
2: different to be honest yeah and you can't i mean i've been having this conversation recently i'm uh, sorry i'm gonna transition a little bit i'll let you go charlie i promise it. uh i've been having this conversation about like bfcm right and like how in the weeds do you actually need to be anymore around, like, what the fuck is happening? Because in my mind, I'm just like, can't you just set it and let it go? Because even if you're going to launch a thing on Black Friday, which is not the play, like, that's, you shouldn't just be like, yep, and here we go. Here are the new things. Let's go. (laughs) This will be, this will be fine. Like, I get that. But, but, but at the same time, like, you can't, what are you doing? What's the point? Why would you log it? Like, even Black Friday is going to start and then all the data you're going to look at is modeled until the start of monday and then you get to see realistic data because so, takes 72 hours
1: when i'm going back to my old school days here so I, i'll still be using abos but the way i'm seeing the black friday cyber monday is i'd rather have multiple buckets that i can kind of scale because i mean even back in the i would double budgets but I, you can't do that at all these days multiple yeah. times are off today like three or four times but during our flash sales and black friday cyber Monday. I'd rather have, you know, 10 different ad sets with larger budgets knowing I'm going to ramp them up from shoot 2K to 10K, you know, for one freaking ad set. And I, and I feel safer during those holidays because I know that buyer power is going to be a little bit more. And I do understand we're going to see a little bit of a drop off there immediately. And maybe, you know, the next day actually see those results come through, like, thank God that was a good choice because this is the kind of the first year we're not going to be able to really see it as real time. So but i'm going i'm going balls in i'm going to double that budget three or four times one day like 7 a.m. Well that
0: won't so, that
2: trigger a review though? Like if you if you double your budget like i always found that 20% was yeah. kind of the like increase by 20% or decrease by 20% and you're fine but you yeah. do any more than that and you end up in review all over again.
0: Yeah I, I
1: wouldn't right? say we go back in review but everything goes back into fucking learning but i don't yeah well that's yeah
2: like yeah
0: Yeah. So, so, so let me, let me come in for a second. Yeah. Yeah. um, All right.
2: Yeah. Now we'll let you talk. Now we'll let you talk.
0: So (laughs) when you do this double it down review, by the way, I love it. My next topic was BFCM. We're like, we got one thing after this, which I love which you kind of already did. Uh, So three things, one, when you're doubling the budget and going back in the learning phase, what you're doing is you are saying, Facebook, you got a few data points based on those data points. I want you to go out and find more. When you double that budget, you're saying, all right, throw out that data. So you got lucky this morning more because your offer reached the right inventory based on the history that your ad account has to see who you delivered to. Based on that, we want to index greater. My alternative to that, instead of doubling your budgets, is instead maybe you have multiple horses in the race. Me personally, what I've done for the last several years is I have maybe a slew of dynamic creative ad sets, all built around different concepts. By the time you get to a certain spend level, if you're not at a certain level of efficiency, you get turned off. My budget is what I want to spend. And if I'm doing good by a certain time of the day, I'll push it a little bit. But instead of trying to surf everything, I'm just saying I'm making my chain stronger by removing the weakest link dynamically. So I'm basically saying instead of trying to abuse my employee that is good for me. Like if you have five employees in your shop and you're making 10 things, you know, 20 things a week, right? And you got one that can make five things and one thing make eight or whatever. And then you got a couple that make one or two. With this idea is of doubling down the budgets and all this other stuff, you're saying my employee that can make eight a day, if I fire everybody else and make them make 30, clearly I'm good. And what are you going to happen? They might get you 30, but they're going to be absolute dog shit. What I'm saying is, why don't we just get rid of the one and then spread that work among everybody? So what we're doing is we're increasing our efficiency by reducing the lowest integrity data point in the algorithm. So we're basically, if you wanna do it another way, we're grading on a curve. We're just getting rid of the one outlier and then everything else becomes more manageable and you're making much smaller moves with much higher confidence. And you don't even have to personally manage it. Like I slept easy during Black Friday cause I don't do anything. Um, and by the way, for what it's worth, like you should definitely not be running Black Friday sales launching on Black Friday. No. And, so, and, just yeah. so I'm clear, like yeah. I did not mean that. Our, our man Ash was like, oh my Black Friday sales go live on November 1st. Like great. I mean, and think of yeah. what happened
1: last year, the year before that. We were down like three days. I think it was like two days before Black Friday or whatever it was. And like mm-hmm. if you didn't schedule
0: shit, you must have yeah. yeah. and, and so now here's the second point. Second point is when you're talking about ABO versus CBO, I get the idea of wanting to be in control. Here's a point that I have your level of control is basically trying to predict the future based on low integrity data from the past. So you're saying, well, the last few days kind of look like this, although we know that it's not true because it's modeled and it's not totally complete and based off of low integrity data from the past, I'm going to make predictions on the future where what I'm going to do is I'm going to have 10 investments, right? And all of these investments, I'm going to try to make them work. But if I have two investments, My two investments are going to be five times smarter than your 10, which means I don't have to manage it because there's this thing that's looking at billions of people on millions of websites, 24 hours a day, analyzing trend analysis across multiple multiple platforms at trillions of data points in microseconds, doing the hard work for me. So instead of me reacting to trying to predict to the future, instead of me being, uh, uh, you know, instead of me basically playing blackjack, right, I've seen these cards come up. I think I know what's gonna happen. Based on that, I'm gonna do something. You might win, you might lose. You can do really well like that. You can get a B minus, you can get a B plus. The problem is for you to go from 5,000 a day to 50,000 a day, you're gonna have to work 20 times harder. Now, if you work two hours a day, that means you you require a 40 hour a day work day where you're gonna be correct all the time in those efforts or you're gonna be correct at enough of maintaining that pace. And so my point there is, then you're investing in a lot of these spaces that you're turning off, maybe, right? Like you're trying 10 different things, 20 different things, you turn off the bad ideas. How many employees whose future that you are investing in are you willing to fire on day three, day five, day 10, because they didn't do good enough? And so I want stability in my machine because I don't want to play the audience game, which ultimately brings me to the last point, which if you are playing the audience game, what that means is you are trying to take an ad and then force it into people. Now, the way interest groups work, for for the record, is their affinity. Facebook was trying to compete with Google on affinity audiences. So they provided this new technology back when Facebook was a CPC platform when I started and there was no conversion campaigns. I think you mean Meta. I think you mean Meta. Facebook's not a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 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 Meta. (laughs) My apologies. My apologies. Back when Meta was just trying to rip off Alphabet. Yeah, uh, taking it the whole way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When you put it together uh, in one sentence, it sounds yeah, yeah. even more. Be, hey, well,
0: we're first to do it right here. There you go, first person. Uh, we, our conversation broke broke the ice. So I love that. Thank you for keeping me honest. Uh, so here's the thing <laughs> is that what we're talking about ultimately is you are using technology that hasn't been updated in five or six years. That takes people's, it takes people's conversation, in the sites that they visit, not necessarily because they have a positive or negative sentiment. So 30, 40% of the people in that interest group might be talking about like, you know what, I just hate coffee. I hate coffee, blah, 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 blah. But if you talk about it all the time, and you go to like, I hate coffee.com, you're gonna be in the coffee interest group. And we see this, especially during like, uh, like, in times of a lot of ad spend, for instance, like more on political shit, you see a whole bunch of shit you don't necessarily agree with because you talk on the internet about how much you hate something. And then you see ads for it all over the place, right? And it's because you're in the interest group. So now what you're doing is you are paying extra money. You're paying a tax to customize. Now, when you stack an interest group or any type of targeting, back in the day, Facebook used to be very transparent saying, this interest group costs you an extra 35 cents on your CPM or an extra dollar on your CPM. It was literally listed when you added it. There was a line item on the sheet, like a like a receipt, Right, data logics axiom, they all I'm have gonna, that. Logics axiom. Oh, you want this thing cool? It's a buck 20. Now, they still do that. Any bit of customization that you want to apply costs extra. Anything you customize, right? Now, luckily, mm-hmm. this this cup came pretty awesome, so I didn't have to pay extra. But uh, coffee dose in, in San Diego, if you ever want to go or, or Orange County, anyway, if you want to customize something, it costs extra. So, you are paying extra money. To reach an audience where a good 30 to 40% of that audience at least doesn't like you positively. Now, the downstream effect of showing an ad to somebody that doesn't like you is your estimated action rate goes down. And your page score or the gamma score depreciates because you're now being shown as a low-quality business partner to Facebook and their business objectives. So now what's happening is you are paying extra money to make all of your advertising costs, not even just in that ad set, but everything that you are doing as a brand more expensive because you're being seen as a lower integrity partner to Facebook. And because your ads do the learning, they make their own lookalike audiences because every ad is basically just a web page, and it measures the click, the rate, the bounce rate, the stickiness of actions on Facebook. Yeah. So you're preventing your ad from being shown to the people, a large slew of people that might want it, that Facebook wants to show it to. So you're paying extra to restrict the ad from being shown to somebody that would receive it positively for the net benefit of making it more expensive to advertise downstream. So ultimately the ABO and interest group route, you are working extra hard to make it harder for you to be successful in a way that makes it more expensive for you. And it relies on you predicting the future based off of incomplete data from the past. And ultimately is a non-scalable solution. You can do that tremendously to get to 3,000 a day, 5,000 a day. Like I I, I did that myself and I got to like 15, 20 grand with, with 310 but you're never gonna break through to that next level. And you're gonna, the problem there is you're gonna have depreciating returns. Now the big thing, and I'll drop with this and then we can get out of it is iOS 14. Here's what happened, is if you are not respecting Facebook's business model, their pivot with aggregated events manager prioritizes the user experience more than we ever have. Just like when they added in the edge ring system and uh, with the introduction of the conversion objective, and everybody that was like, look, we're going to continue to run as a traffic platform. We only need is CPCs, lower CPCs, and we're good to go. All those people died. And what we're seeing now is a situation of everybody that's trying to hack the machine is seeing $20, $30, $50, $100 CPMs, ad work, ads work for like three days. They're leveling up their level of work. But ultimately, they're going to be more of a struggle. So my point is, I know the Titanic is sinking. So for the last three years, I've been working my efforts to build a lifeboat and to try to go from there. You can be successful. You can be the last person to drown, but you're still going to die. And here's the last thing. Doing it, what I'm talking about. People that I'm working with, they're seeing lower and lower CPMs. I got like four or five messages from students in the last two weeks where they're like, I haven't seen numbers like this since 2018. And I'm seeing everybody else say, oh, man, my CPMs are $30. My ad account's getting shut down. And I'll pivot to this with BFCM. With with Black Friday, if you run... You could get through
2: without, like, going off. I knew at some point you were just going to, like... I was like, we're gonna talk for a little while, and then you're gonna go on like a massive, broad rant for like twenty minutes, and there it is. I hey,
0: hey, I'm an old radio guy I'm full of myself, so I will take that. I, I used to be serious. Sexism. One day I'll talk to you about how Hulk Hogan sex tape ruined my radio career for Serious XM. that's a whole other story. Uh, we can get to that some other time. Uh, but yeah, fun with fun with sex tape and and Florida radio. Uh, you want to tell us it, man? What's that? <laughs> You want to share it with us, it seems like. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, can get to, we can get to all that another time. <laughs> we are running out of time here. And I do have a, a, a the Facebook ads MBA program onboarding call in seven minutes. But by the way, if you want to know how to run ads, let me know. Um, yeah. So Let's when it comes to it one day. the biggest mistake, and I want to know you guys' opinion on this. I think the biggest mistake people are making is the running discounts. And they're trying to acquire customers. Here's why that's a mistake. For three reasons. Number one. A discount means you make less profit on that customer, but the CPMs are rising. So you are paying a higher inventory cost to make less of a margin on that customer. Number two, you devalue yourself with that customer because who do I care about? The person, like the girl at the dance that says yes, even before you ask versus the girl that turns you down three times. You know what I'm saying? Like the point is the person that is like, oh, you didn't want to pay for a price. Hey, look, don't go away. Let me make it half price. Awesome, I know your product is shit, you were overcharging me to begin with, fine. I'll take advantage of you, done. I'm a price conscious consumer. Basically, you just stole one sale from Jeff Bezos and that person's never gonna come back. Third, and this is the bigger piece. And by the way, you should be doing upsells, grabbing more value, I won't get into that. Third, here's the issue. What if you do acquire 10,000 customers? If your product is outside the port at Long Beach right now, and it's gonna take five weeks for it to land, three weeks to get to you to process and another two, three weeks to get to your customer. What do you think is gonna happen to your page score on Facebook because you're unable to fulfill your orders? What do you think is gonna happen to those customers that have already gotten burned by you? So you paid to make less money, to acquire a whole bunch of customers that you can't fulfill. The downstream net effect of that is you've tanked your LTV and you might not be able to advertise on Facebook anymore because you had too many unfulfilled orders. That's my personal opinion. I'm working with brands. Like, we don't even run Black Friday. Like, it's a, it's a waste of time. Black Friday, at best, is a – I look at it as a higher AOV, higher LTV customer acquisition time. You don't want – I'm not going to sell you this one thing from plantgoods.com. Goods, plant uh If you want this, it's great. If you don't want it, buy two, get one free. I'm going to get a $100 out of you instead of 50 I'm going to, you don't want the Ginsu knife. Cool. I'm going to put it with three other knives in the block and I'm going to put it the little Madden thing, the thing that cuts a fucking um, fish. Nobody ever uses the paring knife or any of that stuff. And I'm going to double all that stuff and give it to you for threes to pay 39.99 $39.99. you would going to pay me 20, but now you're scrambling to pay me a buck 20. That's the customer. Yeah, so, so you're saying, yeah, you're saying
2: you, you should push the bundles over the discounts.
0: Yeah. I would say, Hey look, Black Friday offers are big bundles. I want to sell to, f- I want to sell higher ticket items to fewer customers. Mm. They're going to have a larger LTV. If I know my LTV on the average customer is a buck 20, let me sell $150 bundles. I've immediately improved I my brand LTV. And if I get a second sale off of that person, I could double it. So that's how what I wonder, I'm gonna double my top line and you're still fighting to stay in business.
2: Yeah. What I, what I wonder is like, and we've seen this cause we had one of our clients last year run a thing where they were like, listen, we're going to donate instead and it did not go well uh because and like the the working hypothesis that we have that i think kind of makes the most sense is like people are selfish during like bfcm mm-hmm. everybody wants a deal right so like sure. they just want to see and it doesn't even like and 10 isn't because we we had some study internally i think I, I don't know who did it but uh but it showed that a 20 to 30 percent discount saw the highest like engage like 10 percent nobody cares and anything above 30 has like obviously diminishing returns um so like go but i think that people want to see that because that's what they're looking for they're not looking for like so it's either bundle in that there there's some kind of deal right you still have to say some kind of deal you can't just be like hey you know what our price was eight days ago it's the same again but it's black friday so buy. yeah right like that's that's never good.
0: Market up from fifty to sixty, and then offer twenty percent off. Yeah, I'm doing a lot. Yeah, of like I'm that's
2: really...
1: you know I I think Charlie, you're the one who brought it up to me originally. This is maybe two years ago. I feel like, we do still do discounts for some brands, but a lot of the other ones, I'm like, let's do some limited edition drops and shit. You know, bundle and save. Valued out one forty nine, you get it for one twenty or some shit. I push those, but it really comes down to the receptivity of the client, to be honest. Because yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Uh, when, and when oh. a client pushes back and like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. I have the conversation with them. Do you want to pay extra to have lower quality customers? that are going to tank your business next year. Or do you want to build a customer base? That's going to double your LTV. Do you want to make you- money or do you want to struggle to pay the bills? Bottom line, you let me know. Do you want to make money? Yes or no? Cool. You want to make money? Let's do it my way. You want to do it your way and struggle to stay in business? I'll let you drive the ship.
2: Are you guys running like email capture ahead ahead sure. of it? Like where you're like, Hey, sign up for this stuff. Cause like, for me, that seems like the easiest win where you're like, I'll oh, take yeah. myself out of the market during when it's the highest and I'll use free channels okay, in order okay. to get we- in touch with those people.
0: Yeah. We have like two minutes and I'll, I'll do one thing here and yeah. then we can all wrap up the email capture. Totally believe in it. Here's what you do. You have a Facebook group and an email capture. You do the email capture drip ahead of time. You also drop your Black Friday sales as a private link inside of your Facebook group. So you get all your customers. You exclude everybody that has opened the email and everybody that has watched the video that you posted inside of your group that talks about the thing. So you have a retargeting audience of the video that you did to announce the discount. You exclude people that viewed that video and everybody that opened the email. Then by the time Black Friday actually drops, you're only acquiring new customers that have never been, uh, uh, have never seen you before. You're letting everybody else knife each other in the streets, and then to reference before, you're just the cannonball from the fucking thing. Like everybody's gonna chop each other over to make 20 bucks. You want to pay 200 and change your life and have a brand relationship with me? Awesome. And I'm gonna crush everybody else because I only need one fifth of the conversion rate and one fifth of the customer base, and I'm gonna double your revenue, and I'm gonna double your profit margin. I don't know. That's, that's my style. I don't know for what it's worth. Yeah. No, I'm not. We have like a
2: minute, so I'm not, I'm not jumping in. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to let you end on your rant. Like, there we go. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, hey,
0: look, I, I, yeah, I, I, I apologize for the, for the, for the, oh, rant. No, it's totally fine. But, but, Hey, so that, so the people that are watching short little self promo. I mean, people know me at least, and my name is down there. You can, it's right at that. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, introduce yourself, Brent. How can we find you? How can we talk to you later? Uh, I'm I'm
2: Brentertainer, on on most things. Uh, Brent- Twitter Brent- is mostly Brent- where I, I yeah the yeah Brentertainer. I'm Brentertaining. Uh... <laughs> Go, dude.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm Dylan. Find me on Twitter at marketer Dylan. I have my new course launching on how to scale with ad set budget optimization. Just let me know. No, I'm fucking with y'all. I don't do that shit. But, yeah, find me on Twitter. I post some cool shit and some fun life shit,
0: you know? I don't know. It's cool. I will say this. Dylan does have the coolest promo video for what a laptop should be that I've ever seen in my life.
2: Oh, I watched that right before this because I was like, I need to know who this Dylan guy is. And I was like, what the hell is this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. So So, I got more coming. Yeah, teaser. Go check out Dylan for that. Thank you, Brent. I really appreciate it. Uh, This was fun. We're going to definitely do this more often. I I like this. Maybe once a week or something like that. Just chopping it up. We're real people on the internet. I'm not just some asshole. You're not just some funny guy. And Dylan's not just somebody that everybody knows and loves. We're actually real people. These are our faces. (laughs) You know, it's not just black and white colors on a screen or maybe with dark mode and it's white and black or whatever. I'm not a dark. But I really appreciate it guys. I'm going to post this thing up and I got to go. I got I got a customer ready to have a conversation and well it's all about the customer, right? So, with that being said, thank you guys so much and I'll talk to you later. Later guys. Cheers. Bye.